0: Hello and welcome to Hyped, the podcast for the culturally curious that turns a critical eye on some of the most hyped books, plays, films, music and TV shows of recent years. Join us as we work out where these cultural trends have come from and what they reveal about modern society. I'm Zoe Strimple, columnist, dating expert and historian of gender in modern Britain.
1: And I'm Tom Stammers, a historian of France and a general cultural glutton with a weakness for all things 19th century. Zoe and I have been consuming and debating culture together ever since we were at university, which is now so long ago, indeed, that
0: Beyonce was still in Destiny's Child. But Tom, that was literally how long it was ago that we first (laughs) met. You failed on the uh, so long ago front. That's how old we are. That's how old we are. Um, So today we're talking about, oh, the Beyonce um, show, the Uh, renaissance tour that made it to london to the tottenham hotspur stadium to which both tom and i went by getting tickets the very same day but we did not actually sit together because i splurged on a premium ticket so i could actually see the girl um and tom was like miles miles away but we both uh loved it had a pretty interesting experience or did we um tom do you want to open up with some Thoughts about the backdrop to the Beyonce to to the to the Renaissance 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 tour and the kind of scuffle over the tickets and just you know why why it was so hard to get them.
1: So this clearly is the biggest event in live music probably in the world. I mean maybe that's too grand a thing to say, but Beyonce apparently is the biggest selling touring artist in Britain and indeed she must be in the world that people had spent hours online trying to get hold of these tickets. I had given it two hours back in the day and then, you know, realised I was so sort of deep down the queue, it was never going to happen. And then it was you, Zoe, who tipped me off the night before saying, oh, maybe we should just go to Beyonce. And for once, I think maybe the train strikes worked in our favour. You know, there were these, there was industrial action. I think maybe some people couldn't get down there. And suddenly at the last minute, these tickets became available. So the, I'm just to give a sense of the scale of this thing. She ended up doing a five-night residency at Tottenham Hotspur. We're talking selling about 62,000 tickets a night. Um, We saw her, I think, on the second night of her London residency. On the first night, if we'd been there, she'd also brought out her daughter. Uh, Blue Ivy had been part of the proceedings. Uh, But even without the appearance of Blue Ivy, it still felt the most incredible sense of build-up and occasion and... You know, I I wasn't my favorite Beyonce album, Renaissance, but it was the first time I've seen Beyonce live, and I was floored, Zoe. I mean, do you want to say just a couple of words to give listeners a sense of like Beyonce as a performer? In terms yeah, a of couple like of words. We were, what we were treated to?
0: Yeah, floored, amazing. No, I mean, it was it, it. Okay, so one of the words I've even found myself using is awestruck. Um, so I arrived being a little bit like, oh, why is everyone so obsessed with Beyonce? I don't even think she's like that great of a singer okay, when you're actually there in a stadium with her mic'd up and singing, she has the most gorgeous voice I think I've ever heard. Okay, I always say that, but it's it's up there. <laughs> so firstly, there's just, you suddenly realize, oh, right, she's actually seriously good at being an actual singer. Her, she sings amazingly. And, you know, you could say Lady Gaga and Christina Aguilera and all those other people do, but but I there's something kind of so satisfying and precise and like sexy and technically impressive about her voice. So that was the first thing. Secondly, there's something otherworldly and almost inhuman about Beyonce that I found fascinating. So I thought she was like this in- interesting hybrid and a bit like Madonna used to project all these personae, but she was like incredibly kind of hard edged and sexy and almost bionic I thought. Um, yes. But also sweet, like nice. Like she, she seemed Sort of sophisticated in a way, like she she seemed like she was a plausible mother. Okay, we didn't see when her actual daughter came out, but she she didn't look like a sort of fake person in any way. She she did look both real and uh, you know almost approachable. If well, you you know you can imagine her hugging her kids. It's not the same as approachable. Um, but also I, I've just never seen a body like that. I mean, and her endurance, I just couldn't get over it. Two and a half hours. I was thinking rock concerts, you have to wait for ages for them to start and then they're shit. No, this was like, it started at seven, well, close to eight. And it was two and a half hours uninterrupted of the most incredible, like just endurance. As she once sang, she slays. I mean, and she does. I mean, there is something kind of this human, inhuman, like
1: propulsive energy that sort of drives the whole spectacle and no support act.
0: So I think she projects an interesting array of messaging. And obviously, Tom, this is hyped, as in like slightly ironic hyped, not this is how much we loved the thing that everybody else loved. So, Tom, one of the things we talked about at the start was the slightly kind of contradictory messaging that Beyonce gives off. Like, and not neither of us were, are 100% on board with everything she's projecting. Would you say that's fair? I think that's fair. And I, I did feel like what was incredible about
1: it was it did feel like almost like four or five different concerts at one, in one um as you say at the beginning it's a sort of piano ballad she's so happy to be there she's sort of quite breathy and emotional and real but then as you say these other kind of persona come out and one of those persona is um you know quite frightening ultimately it is the kind of you know it's the sort of sexy titillating beyonce is there and in fact the opening screen did that brilliant striptease where sort of one square at a time was removed and you just saw these huge curves uh you know, and, she, and she knows you know she's so happy with her own commodification it is this sort of peep show of like i'll give you all of me if that's what you want and um, so there is this kind of incredible sexuality and sensuality that she's leaning into there was also this weird dystopian political messaging towards the end she did this thing um where she came in as the bee of course queen bee with the beehive but that had you know in the song pure honey had this commentary about fake news and who controls the media um, and then there is just lyrically. If you listen hard to Beyoncé, there is some pretty frightening stuff in there. And everybody is having too much time, too much fun dancing around to actually listen. But one of the big songs, "Energy," which you know she kept in the in the middle portion of the concert, has that line about where she says, you know, she's coming with derringers because some Karens have become terrorists. Like, and you do get that this is Beyoncé who would go on a rampage. Like there's a lot of drug references. There's a lot of sex references. But there's also a sense of destroying your enemies and that in an America which is out of control, there's a kind of militancy in Beyonce that obviously a few years ago was very visible um, at the time of the Ferguson riots uh, and Lemonade, which was a very political album in all sorts of ways, and the formation tour. And uh, that hasn't completely gone away. And so you do move from this, as you say, quite cuddly Beyonce to suddenly this kind of, you know, pretty badass, pretty terrified Beyonce. Um, One of my favorite songs on Renaissance is called Move, and it just has her barking the line, move out the way. And you do feel that like she would just, you know, trample you. You know, there is there is like a juggernaut like quality about this whole thing. Um, And because it's so perfect and she doesn't get a note wrong, it is both awesome. As you say, it's kind of awe inspiring, but it is also sort of slightly terrifying. Um, And watching it with uh families you know I was on a I had the bad seats as Zoe said I was sort of up in obstructive view but I was there with a mother and mother and daughter couple and you know the daughter was singing along to these you know very kind of explicit lyrics in some ways and mum was looking more and more alarmed at what was coming out of her daughter's mouth and the messaging that was going on with it so I don't really think Beyonce is a family entertainer that's what I would say that was the thing that I came away with
0: that's interesting which I
1: think it's... yeah go on sorry Zoe which I think, in a way, is linked to her kind of mobilisation of queerness, which was another like, and wanting to be countercultural, uh, at least in the way that she positioned herself, which was another big theme in the show.
0: Yeah, no, I think. Well, I, I mean, I uh, think you actually might be the the right person to just keep talking a bit about the queerness because it it was such a big part of it. And my take on it, and I will genuinely try to keep it brief before asking you your take, Tom. My impression was that so she had she. She had quite out there gender stuff going on with um lots of trans mm-hmm. female looking. Well, I don't know, I don't want to get into all that, but anyway, they were men wearing tutus and what have you, um, and and ballet uh gear and they or and, and sort of leotards and they, they looked great and they danced really well. There was just I suppose they were more drag than trans, actually. That's more accurate. Um, but it was just a lot of that. There, there wasn't really the reverse. There was maybe some non-binary, but they were very, very central to her dance routines, and they were like her entourage. So they'd all stomp out together in this big rolling sequence out onto the middle of the stage. Um, and I think there was so so that kind of my impression of that wasn't that it was partly okay. She's making sure she's making a point about diversity or whatever, and LGBTQ et cetera et cetera, which is obviously one of her fan bases. But actually watching her as this perfect woman, I mean, she appears under this Venus shell wearing this mm. see-through leotard with like giant hand, the kind of, there are lots like of branches that become nails reaching over her breasts and down her crotch. But it's incredible. It's a—it's actually really beautiful and quite erotic and just amazing without actually revealing anything. Um, and I just thought this woman is just laughing she is there's something sort of up on a pedestal she's like laughing down at all the mortals she's like something out of a like a renaissance um ceiling painting in the sistine chapel like
1: prancing. she she is the botticelli as you say like her emerging out of the shell she is she is a venus
0: but then she departs the kind of venus like statue and just becomes this she's a kind of i don't know she she's got an entourage i don't think venus Mm -hmm. had an entourage in quite the same way and she rises above and she can look at all these yeah the ordinary mortals Playing around with her gender, dressing up in ridiculous outfits, but she's so in her womanhood and her femininity. As
1: <laughs> so I think, I think the thing you say that's spot on though is it, it. There's no sincerity, I suppose, maybe in what she's doing, or maybe it's complete conviction, but no, there's nothing autobiographical about this at all, which is interesting because the the last big album where she had the huge success was Lemonade which was all about the state of her marriage and who she was and her identity as an African-American woman and her family. And it was super intimate. In this, the intimacy has been completely shredded. All she wants is this kind of a delirious hedonism really. And as well, there is something weirdly impersonal about the whole thing. She sort of seamlessly, as I say, morphed into these kind of these these new persona, whether it's the alien, whether it's the Venus. Um, Yeah, there's, there's not much sincerity there. Except where the sincerity is, is that she was uh, very much influenced. Her and she's sort of talked a lot about the impact of her uncle, Uncle Johnny. And so the last thing you see in the show once it's over is a giant jewel portrait of her mother, um, and this character called Uncle Johnny, who used to help sew the sequins onto her dress when she was a little girl, who introduced her to aspects of black music in the kind of in when she was growing up, and who ultimately died of AIDS. And so he's been one of the kind of inspirations for this, what she sees as her love letter to the, the queer community and to people of colour. And you're right to say the kind of carnival of all of that was on display. Um, although you are also right to say that she feels like she's the supervisor, kind of, or she's sort of floating above it somehow. There's this sort of, all of this mad voguing going on. There's all of this kind of RuPaul stuff. She quotes Madonna at various points, you know, doing Vogue. But because she is this sort of ethereal glamazon. She she somehow isn't in the midst of the fray. And um, you want to say a little bit about the spectacle, Zoe, because I did think it's sort of interesting what it is to be in a stadium and to look at something that's been almost made to be looked at through a phone, as it were. Like, yes, you could yeah. see it with your eyes, but also, my gosh, the relationship with people wanting to record they were there.
0: Yes, well, I mean, I have to confess that that urge overtook me as well because, I mean, capturing that footage for yourself, I mean, maybe for those people it's pointless because they already know where to look for all that Beyonce footage, but I wouldn't begin to know how to find those Instagram feeds and I wanted to capture it. But the spectacle, maybe, maybe Tom, the problem is that you and I aren't sufficiently acquainted with going to football games enough, so we're not used to, like, (laughs) stadiums. Maybe that's just, like, what fans are used to. Um, But it was just, like, the sheer – I don't know. I mean, the spectacle – Okay, Beyonce coming out in a in a shell that opens up. Beyonce suddenly being on top of a of a of a neon lit tank or fire engine that goes out remote controlled that goes out into the middle of the stage. She's sitting on this high stool, very much in a straddle. Um, Beyonce on a giant um, apparently kind of glitter ball horse. A white horse that appears, and she's sitting on the horse, and she goes out to the then she's levitated off the horse into the air, where she continues singing around the crowd. I mean, it's sort of hard to, and the the amount of outfit changes. So on that level, it was, I mean, it was probably the best spectacle. If I I mean, it was a completely different level of technology of lighting. I mean, in terms of the made to be seen through a screen. I mean, Tom, you'll have noticed there was a cameraman who was on the yeah. stage here all the time, kind of running in front of her. Um, so that that's obviously completely key. I want to return a little bit to this like business of the re- reference to the Karens. What is she mm. that, I mean, in that she's alienating one of her, or ins- actually she's not alienating, she's just frankly insulting one yeah. of her biggest fan bases, i.e women white women who i mean the karen stereotype is so misogynistic and racist as well i don't even know if there's such thing as a karen but you know a, a bossy white woman who's willing to call the manager if things aren't right sort of thing um i don't know about that the, the the politics the two things that bother me are or three things i guess one that kind of thing which smacks to me of the most hostile and um ungenerous bits of the black lives mm-hmm. matter movement and and not necessary to the reference to the consp- what sounded to me quite conspiratorial about the yeah. control of the media, they who know who control the media control the narrative or something like that, and it just kept going round and round. And I thought, well, this is a hop, skip, and a jump away from a massive anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. We, we could easily hear about the Rothschilds next, or you know, <laughs> other Jews who control things. And I wouldn't be surprised if half the people in this audience don't have the kind of the know-how to reject that sort of thing. Um, and then finally, the the kind of disconnect between the sort of incredibly sexual, pornographic grinding that she was doing at the end, or twerking, um, or her dancers were, but but so was she, and the, uh, some of those lyrics, as you said, Tom, combined well, with
1: Partition, their- Zoe,
0: our favourite song, Partition is is not for children. No, exactly. But combined with what it was, so what, what, what is it for children that she was going around espousing this kind of wifely politics before top making a big deal of how she was now called Mrs. Carter instead of Beyonce, mm-hmm. as in Jay Z's wife. I don't like. I think that's a dishonest disconnect. That I don't. I don't think it's okay to really just be like, oh, I'm all about being a wife. Oh, I'm all about being a sex pot. Oh, I'm all about being a feminist. At some point, that stuff breaks down. If you're going to get political, you need to be a little bit consistent if you're not going to get political, you have completely free reign like Madonna.
1: Well, I think it's really interesting because she doesn't really give any interviews or say anything outside of the albums. You know, she's extraordinarily self-controlled. And, you know, obviously with Beyonce, there have been moments of being very political, but it's interesting because she would never see herself as someone who is doing political work, I suppose, in the sense that she's not talking about causes she cares about at other moments. It is all channeled through the music. And as a result, and also the branding, kind of sheer, kind of opulence of it and um, and as a result the politics maybe is is you know it changes its spots with every album and you think at some point here she is as a hard militant and then it's suddenly moved into a different direction at the moment clearly she has this kind of relationship with the trans kind of cause um one of the um vocals on renaissance on the song cozy is by um the black trans figure uh t.s madison so she's using trans voices you're right to say that there's this kind of deconstruction of gender going on in the kind of the backing dancers. Not her, but the backing dancers and the, and the kind of carnival is all about these kind of queer bodies. And um, I think there is something fundamentally kind of tripsy about her politics. And she, because she won't be pinned down, because she's constantly adopting a new persona, very much, as you say, like Madonna or like David Bowie before her. Like, it's very hard to kind of pigeonhole where exactly Beyonce is speaking from. That said, the thing that's amazing that she can do is because money is no object, she is like reinventing 21st century visual culture. I mean, that sounds a very bold thing to say, but I do think her music videos and the way that she positions herself is the most, you know, is the most influential in terms of we know people are looking at this, but also some of the most inventive kind of images of the past sort of 10 years. Uh, I would point to, if you haven't seen it, her video with Jay Z. Uh, in the Louvre. Have you seen the video for Ape Shit, Zoe? No. If you want to see her and Jay-Z reconstruct and deconstruct the canon of Western art, you know, they hired the Louvre and they then do all of these kind of dances that that evoke but also then kind of undo all of the kind of great paintings on the walls because they're being kind of rethought through these black bodies and these black dancers. I mean the 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 ambition of the woman is insane. Um And, yeah, I think you're right to say that there's there's some mixed messaging. But then that's because Beyonce, I think, is just a vortex. Like she just sucks in everything else from the culture. Like she's she's become such a brand and no longer a person. You know, she's got all these producers who work for her. You know, she can just drag everything. She's like a magnet. She kind of brings everything in towards her. And that means that some of what gets pulled in there is probably a little bit unsettling as well. And um, that's, that's, that's why she is the great star of our age. Like she is the, she's the, to me, the, the barometer of where we are with 21st century popular culture.
0: That's right. Yeah. I mean, you get the impressions that she's, she's bright, you know, she must be pretty mm. damn intellectual, actually.
1: I think it's true. Well, She's certainly making clever moves and she's refusing Maybe that's to it. be kind of categorized. Yeah. I mean, and who
0: knows people. who's, it could be that people are telling her to, I mean, who knows what she's coming up with. I think a final question before we wrap up um, is, Tom, to what degree do you think Beyonce follows the money? Mm. I mean, the fact that she,
1: she now has quite so much merchandise uh, and has been quite so successful as a businesswoman and yet is still able to kind of present her, to give her, to have this rough edge. No, it's an amazing tightrope that she's walking, yeah, um, yeah. where she still wants a kind of street authenticity. And I think that is about, again, who she collaborates with, how she's constantly introducing. You know, there was all this kind of Afrobeat music that we heard. She yeah. always wants to be three steps ahead, while also being kind of, you know, pimped up corporate saleswoman in that sense. So That's right. it's, a, does, it, yeah. it, it, it's a kind of complex balance. Uh, do you think there's something cynical, Zoe? You the I kind just of, wonder, kind of like
0: if 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 the sort of if if the political messaging is just you know she's just good at sniffing the way the wind is blowing. I I don't know. I mean, I I think that's part of the kind of hermetically sealed chamber of Beyonce that we'll never know what part of it is about. It's just her passion and what she loves doing, and what she's good at, and that's why she's doing it. And the money is a kind of nice extra that she does through her brands versus you know she she follows her interests in her music and she follows the money in her brands i mean obviously both of them come together um
1: but do you think she'll be with us in 5 years Zoe, or do you think we saw we you know at the concert maybe cuz it's 5 years yes. since she was here last time will she be, be in london again in 5 years or have we seen the last live performance oh god experience? i don't
0: know i i think um i think she'll be back i think it's important just to note the audience composition um mm. what you say about beyonce being having that street edge there were a lot of people in the audience especially in the like premium bit that i was in that were that had certainly had the air of street they weren't pale you know, <laughs> terrible. They no, we, pale know we,
1: we were quite of white and old in that audience so yeah so, so, so we, we were diverse audience
0: right there, there were a lot of basically there were a lot of black londoners there
1: yeah and lots of queer people and lots of teenagers
0: and lots of queer black people which yeah, i hadn't yeah. seen in, in high density um which i knew existed but you do, it just you know it was just interesting to see how she did manage to kind of galvanize so many of these yeah. different types of, of people so i think she's she's done a really unusual thing to have that much she actually really did conjure a very very diverse audience mm. um so that was interesting well join us next time for a slightly more, even more well listen <laughs> a very off piece hyped on the country of Austria <laughs> <laughs> partly inspired by Zoe and Tom's recent visits there well not partly inspired entirely inspired